Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard's charts on this day in history. And thanks to my man Patrick. Uh, he always keeps us on our toes, and we appreciate it. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. We appreciate you as well. Specs Text Line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Uh, we'll get into some uh, Dallas Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets here uh, and get into uh, some of the other uh, topics from around the NFL if we do have some time uh, for a Raj around the day. We're going to make it kind of a hodgepodge. We'll play some of the sound from uh, Steve Sarkeesian, get some of that, uh, but also talk about how we can help out uh, Coach Stevens' young quarterback. Uh, we'll get into that coming up a little bit in Rod's round today. Yeah, Coach Steven. And, uh, he'll, he'll earn back his Coach Sark nickname by the Kansas game, I'm sure of it. But if you can only score, how many points have Texas scored in the last six quarters? Six. Okay, yeah, we're taking your nickname. Offensive six. We're taking your nickname. Yeah, you're the offensive mind. Mm-hmm. No, we're taking your nickname. Mm-hmm. Man. You are, you don't get to be Sark now. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool nickname. So right now, that's a really cool nickname. Coach Steven, just yep. until uh, uh. you get you score more than six points like or whatever it, like it is, it. boom, we'll give you the Sark nickname back, and then we'll start calling you Sark. It's earned, not given. Exactly. Yep. Yep. yep I got t- you. I think, remember, I, people didn't always call him Sark. Nope. Like Coach Sarkeesian forever. Like Coach Sarkeesian. Coach yep. Sarkeesian. And then like right around the like before like the Bama thing, and I was like, oh, Coach Sark, Coach Sark, Coach Sark. I was like, all right, you know what? Coach Sark, it's like our nickname because he was mm-hmm. I, like we all saw Coach Sark. He was amazing. I mean, his ability to innovate, um, be very, very creative. I mean, people are calling him the best play designer in college football, and they may be right about that when it comes to Coach Sark. But Coach Steven. Coach Steven still wants to sell tech, I think. And mm-hmm. At times, mm-hmm. I think subconsciously, he's tanking because he wants to go out there and sell wants tech. wants to sell tech. Yeah, you know, that's what he was going to do before he became Coach Sark. Yeah. Steven was selling tech. Well, he was going to be a major yeah. league baseball player. In, first. like, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah, but that was more Sark. That's got swagger. Yeah, I know. You want to be a two-sport star, you got swagger. That's Touché. That's Sark. No, no, no. Steven. He wants to be in the corporate world. Touche. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Steven's, Steven's a little different. Hey, before you get into your, yeah. your stuff right here, I want to I throw this out there. We were, me and my son were talking Chunk about it. this yesterday. So we talked a little bit about Major League Baseball. But in the 2010 Major League Baseball draft, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson was mm-hmm. drafted 140th overall by the Colorado Rockies. Okay. You know who followed him. Oh, no. With the 272nd pick overall, Jacob DeGrom. Hey. With the 352nd pick overall, Jock Peterson. 
Not bad. With the 546th overall pick by the Toronto Blue Jays, Chris Bryant. And the 935th player drafted overall was Aaron Judge. Wow. Russell Wilson was drafted in front of all of these Major League Baseball players. What do we think Russell Wilson would have done if he became a Major League Baseball player? Would he have been as good or, as any of those guys? He would have been Mr. Unlimited. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, what he have no, been he, been, he would have been good. He, he had good hands. Good. He, he was talented. Yeah. He was talented. And you know his work ethic. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. going to put the work in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, got, he's got an arm, obviously. Shortstop and second baseman was what he was. Okay. Yeah. So we think now he should have went to baseball? No, no, he's done well. <laughs> he, he got he got a bank he in his backyard, he and he's got a right? bank in his backyard. Yeah. So he's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he um, did well. I think he's he still is kind of a borderline Hall of Famer, but maybe yeah. not anymore. Not after the season we saw this year, he may have hurt his. But case. he can come back. He can always come back, no doubt. He always got the out. redemption. Uh, okay, hope you know coming back. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys because they let the Packers come back. That wasn't a good thing. Mm. Uh, but they did. I did see today. I was over at the DallasCowboys.com, um, and they pointed out that Anthony Brown actually the injury that Anthony Brown had that he could be back for the Cowboys. That one of the biggest injuries of Sunday's game was the loss of Anthony Brown, who suffered a concussion. Uh, during the play in which he gave up a second-quarter touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy said it's still early in the week to discuss Brown, who was in the concussion protocol. But he said, quote, I think he definitely has a chance to play Sunday uh, versus the Vikings. No. What would you say? No? No. You don't warm the blood? Not, no. You'd rather see Deron Bland and Bossman Fats? I need them to get their reps because, really? obviously, my man, he's going to be confused anyway. Man. And you can't go in there and try to make a bunch of tackles if you're coming off a concussion protocol. Sometimes it's the easiest hit that makes you concussed even more so. That's true. No, it makes you more susceptible. Yes, and that means a repeat of the head injury. This is true. I just think I, I think what you need to figure out is if you want to keep boss man fats and if you want to keep Deron Bland. And this will be the perfect opportunity because no matter who you got, Justin Jefferson – you don't want that smoke. Well, and Adam Thielen. And Thielen. They got one of the and best. And K.J. Osborne. And T.J. Hawkinson. And they got T.J. Hawkinson They're one of now. the best receiving cores in the NFL. Yes. I, I'm not disagreeing with you about Anthony Brown, but I think you're going to need all of them, unfortunately. You need all hands on deck. Is Everson Walls available? <laughs> I want him to go. Where's Dion with his nose? He ain't even got no toes anymore, and, but I'll still take Dion. Yeah, with that wide receiving core, because you, you, what you're going to need to do against Minnesota, because you know how Minnesota's going to attack you, they're yep. going to run the rock. Yep. Everybody's going to run the rock against yep. the Cowboys. That's the way you beat the Cowboys. You know they're going to run the rock, so you need to stack the box to counter them running the rock or prioritizing the run, which means you're going to be man-to-man yeah. a lot of the outside on with those really talented wide receivers. And if you're going to be man-to-man, hopefully Trevon Diggs is matched up on Justin Jefferson most of the time. But if not, Adam Thielen versus whoever. Yes. Brown <laughs> versus Deron Bland yeah. versus, I don't know, whoever you want to throw out. The boss man fast doesn't matter. You know, that that That's might be, be a rough one. Or, or whoever. I mean, it just may be a disadvantage there. Yeah. Um, and they, they do a good job of moving Justin Jefferson around. They put him in the backfield. They, they, they put give him, him so slide. much love. They move him around a ton, putting him in motion, targets to motion. So they just they do a lot to make sure you can't just key in and zero in on him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Cowboys, I, I like Anthony Brown more than you do, but you're a Cowboys fan, so. 
And I, I I'll just let you win that not argument. Not feeling that dude at all. I'll let you win that argument. Yeah. You watch him more than me. You got you more invested uh, than Sometimes I do. With the Sometimes too much. <laughs> Sometimes too much. Um, okay, how about this little statement from Micah Parsons? Though I was reading this, I was over uh, at Cowboys.com doing some research and saw this article about Micah Parsons. And apparently, Micah Parsons is very concerned about the Cowboys. He's not only uh, concerned about them losing games, but their rush defense. I think we're all concerned about the rush defense. Um, he said, "Quote." We've just got to be accountable. He said, we've got to hold our gaps. We've got to come downhill and stop it. It's going to keep happening until we stop it, period. Mm -hmm. We can rush as much as we want, but until we put this flame out out of this running the ball stuff, we're never going to be as good as we need to be, period. We've got to get better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's right, because everybody they play now is just going to run the ball. That's the best way to beat the Cowboys, because you don't have to worry about Michael Parsons. He's a non-factor. As a matter of fact, depending on your personnel, he may be a liability right? Uh, as a run defender. They're going right at him. They're going right at him. They're going right at him. You don't have to worry about Trevon Diggs and how great his coverage abilities are. You can turn their two best players on defense into liabilities simply by running the rock. Yeah, and that is a huge, yeah. huge and, deficiency that we've been talking about for quite some time. Exactly what are the Cowboys going to be able to do? They went and got Hankins. He hasn't been able to. Well, no, no, he's helped, but he can't play every down because he is a, a big, big interior de- de- tackle. Yeah. So he's going to play more snaps. They just have to do, be very judicious in how they use him. But he has been uh, a phenomenal in, uh, impact player for the Cowboys in the short time they've had him versus the run. The problem is, like I said, he can only play right now 20, 30 snaps, whatever it is. You just got to make sure you're playing him in the right situations. Yeah. That's going to be the key for the Cowboys. But you're right, the rest defense, I believe right now here, I went and looked it up because I was uh, shocked by how bad their rush defense Awful. was. Uh, only the Texans, who have the worst rush defense in the NFL, surprise, allowing 181 rushing yards a game. The Detroit Lions, allowing 160 rushing yards a game. The Chargers, allowing 146 rushing yards a game. Those are the only three teams that allow more rushing yards per game than your Dallas Cowboys. That's it. They allow 143 rushing yards per game. That is the fourth worst in the NFL this season. They are bad. And it's not necessarily the scheme as much as it is personnel and technique, which is actually a worse problem. If it was scheme, it'd be an easier fix. Mm-hmm. I think it's personnel, and I think it's uh, the technique that needs to improve for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's definitely that. And, and again, you know, we talk so much about this Dallas Cowboy defense and how good we see them on the passing side of it. They got toasted this past weekend. Yep. They got burnt up this mm-hmm. past weekend by a wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers put in time out and a quarterback that has been throwing interception after interception the last few weeks. And the Cowboys didn't even have a chance to be able to uh, stop them. Mm. So it's kind of frustrating when you think about it. And then you come into their run game. They just said, we're going to run at you. We're going to run at you. We just talked about Minnesota and their run game. Dalvin Cook coming in, 145 carries, 727 yards at a 5.0 clip. Yep. Then you got Saquon Barkley coming in, 198 carries, 931 yards at a 4.7 yard per carry clip. Exactly. And then you got Jonathan Taylor coming in after that. Yeah. And we've talked about it when we talk about the University of Texas. When teams see that the Texas Longhorns can't defeat this 3-3-5 uh, defensive setup, 
it's the same thing. They're attacking it, right? They, they're attacking certain areas, and it's the same thing that the Cowboys, when they see that the Cowboys can't stop the run, what do you do? You don't abandon it. They yeah. will break. Well, Jesse, Continue yeah, exactly. to run the ball. That's exactly right. Because they're not going to be able to stop you. Well, and that's what the Packers did, right? The Packers just were, you know, they were uh, deliberate and intentional <laughs> with yep. their purpose. And their purpose was not, we're going to run the rock. They, had, they averaged uh, 6.8 yards per rush. Uh, they had 207 yards. I told you, they came out in that game against the Cowboys and ran the ball 12 of their first 16 plays. Yep. Even when they got down in the game, they kept Running the rock. Yep. Uh, they held the ball 10 minutes in the first quarter. Get back to your time of possession theory, Harge. Uh, and then in the first half, they had 18 rushes for 83 yards. And then they just kept on pounding the rock. They never stopped. That is the key to beating the Cowboys because you can keep that offense off the field. Uh, but also, like I said, you don't have to deal with their best players on defense. And I went and uh, you know, kind of looked at the game again because I before I deleted it off the DVR. And I will say I do think – that the Cowboys, uh, like I said, once they start utilizing Jonathan Hankins in, you know, more run downs or run oriented downs, I think that's going to help him because he's going to end up playing more. But honestly, I think they might need to start playing different players. I think, you know, uh, Sam Williams is having a hell of a year so far mm-hmm. um, early on, and I wonder if they start playing the young buck a little bit more, more Sam Williams, more Chauncey Golston because uh, he's a really good run defender. Uh, Demone Clark, yep. they love him. Maybe him with LVE uh, might be a, a better fix uh, with the run. They need to find, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a scheme issue. Cowboys defenders are there yeah. um, to make plays. Either a technique has them out of position or, you know, with bad uh, pursuit angles or bad run fits, or it is the fact that they just have personnel that can't match up, getting bullied off the ball. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And they got to figure out a way to get this thing turned around and, you know, we talk about who we have faith in as a coaching staff. I have faith in Dan Quinn to come up with something, some How run fits. Um, whether you're going to have to do some, what do you call it, run defense, mm-hmm. where you're uh, run, run pressure, yeah, pressure run gaps. Blitzing. Just run, run blitz. blitz them. Yeah. yeah, just shooting gaps. That's what TCU did to Texas. That's exactly just what needs to happen. shooting gaps on the second level. And they, let your second, well, but the thing was, the secondary gave up so much. It was like they underestimated, like they were watching the film that we talk about. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. These guys are getting paid to play too. So mm. you can't and you still were going up against the goat of all goats, regardless mm-hmm. of what we think of him. Yep. You had to respect him. They Got were backed to. in that corner and he said it. He said, We're not just gonna lay down. We're gonna go out there and fight. Amen. And that's exactly what they did. And they, mm-hmm. they knew everybody in the nation was gonna be watching that game as well, and they showed up. Yeah. And you gave up a fourteen point lead. For the first time, for the in first time, history of the, the franchise. <laughs> exactly, it's never happened before, including playoffs. Yeah, you've never seen the Cowboys give up a fourteen point lead like oh, that. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it and, and to the point where the Cowboys, you brought it up, they should have been the team emphasizing the run. Yes, they ended up with forty eight passing attempts and thirty one rushes. Probably should have had that number. Flipped or at least yes. close to being flipped. Yes, because they should have been running the rock. They did not run the rock. End up throwing it a lot more than they they like to. So the Cowboys got to do something about the rush defense. It's 29th uh, in the NFL. It's really bad. Uh, they could bring in the Dominican Sue, but if you watch the 
the the issues for the Cowboys, they're on the perimeter defensively. Yeah, actually. they hit the gaps. They hit the corners. They yeah. hit the they hit the nine. It's the edges. Yeah, yeah. It's the edges that yep. are a problem, not the interior runs. Yep. So I don't I even agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. So Hankins has helped it out tremendously, but Hankins doesn't help them your perimeter edge exactly. defense. Exactly. And like you said, like you pointed out, even Michael Parsons as a run defender is just average. As a pass defender, as a pass defender and pass rusher, he might be the yeah, best pass be, rusher yeah. in the league. As a run defender, just above average. Run yeah, defender. you're starting to see some cracks in the armor. Not a lot, not Ooh. a lot. There's some things that he's got to work on. But he even came out himself and said, "Oh my gosh, can't handle this. This is something we got to fix, and we got to fix it now." Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why, because he knows his limitations as well. Yep. He yep. said, "If we stop the run, then that means I can go back." To getting after the quarterback. Pass, I think it's a, Mike McCarthy said, and I love this, it's a great quote, pass rush is a privilege. It is. It is. Pass, that means that you're doing some things well. That means you got him in a predictable exactly. pass situation. You got him in a second and long, third and long. Pass rush is a privilege. I can't believe I like something Mike McCarthy said. Oh, God, I love that quote. I, mean, I, that's, jump, that's, I, that's I wrote good. it down. It is a great a quote because it is. It's so true. Pass rush is a privilege. You earn the fact or earn the right, I should say, to be able to get after the opposing quarterback. So that's what the Cowboys need to earn. they got to yeah. earn the right to showcase arguably the best pass rush in the league. That's yeah. the crazy thing about it. And it's a compliment to the Cowboys. Nobody wants to face that pass rush. None. Nobody wants no. to face that pass Nobody rush. wants that smoke. All six Cowboys edge defenders, Michael Parsons, De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, uh, and Terrell Basham all rank above the 50th percentile in pass rush win percentage this postseason. You don't want to face that pass rush. So it's a great compliment. Yeah. It's like, no, no. It's, it's, it really is for the Cowboys. Like They would rather deal with your run defense the entire game than ever throw an early downs or try to you know break tendency by throwing early. No, the hell with that. Yeah. That's going to come back to bite you against the Cowboys. You just want to run the rock. You don't want that. Yeah, be bad. Yeah. And now you got to deal with Washington, who thinks they can run. Hey, they just did it against Philadelphia. They just did it. So you know Washington's going to try to run the rock, too, when you face them. They're just going to run it. With Taylor Heineke at quarterback, run the rock. You know why? The game plan. Yeah. Control the ball. Control the ball. How Time do you position. control it? Going 12 of what? What did I say? 12 like 12 of 20. Was it 12 or 20? I think it was 12 yeah. or 20, 20, something like that. Yeah. On third down? Yeah, that's how you do it, man. That's how you do it. No, they, I think for the Cowboys, they got to figure that out, and they got to figure out sooner rather than later. And I think this will be a mix of everything. It'll be a mix of scheme, mix of some personnel moves and changes, and a little mix of uh, the technique just improving overall yeah. for the Cowboys. Yeah. And I think you'll get all that, and they'll be better. Right, they just got to get average. Right yeah. now you're 29th. Yeah. You are one of the worst rush defense in the league. You got to get to average. You get to average, you're okay. One of the worst. You're one of the worst. The Philadelphia Eagles are average. They're yeah. like they're like 16th or something like that. You need to get right around And there. they don't have their big man back yet. And they ain't got their big man. They ain't yeah. got their big man. Yeah, 12 of 21 on third down. 12 of 21, yeah. yeah. And like I said, for the Cowboys, you know, Jonathan Hankins has a very similar impact that Jordan Davis has for the Eagles, and he's going to help the Cowboys' run defense improve. Like I said, he's only been with them, what, three weeks now yeah, or something like that? Yeah. So you, they'll get better. They just they said they can't be bottom third of the NFL in rush defense. You're, you're going to be a one-and-done in the playoffs like that. Quickly. Got to get better at that to make yep. yourself a more balanced defense. So the Cowboys are working on that. Yep. Um, okay, uh, also I want to get into uh, some other kind of Cowboy stories, but we got the rest of the week, so we'll get into some Cowboys. Because I want to start previewing this Minnesota matchup. Yep. It's fascinating. Yep. Minnesota, Those how about numbers this? are oh, intriguing. Man. How about that? I'll give you a little random stack. So I said we'll preview it all the rest of the week. I'm already doing some rabbit holing about the Minnesota Vikings. 
Seven, so they're second in the NFL behind the New England Patriots in drives starting in opposing teams' territory. They got 17 drives so it, far. Yeah. The, the, the Patriots have 18. Second in the NFL in drives starting in opposing teams' territory. If you're the Cowboys, you need to make sure they have zero goose mm-hmm. egg in that game. You got to make their life difficult. They're getting way too many short fields and easy uh, opportunities to score points. Yep. Don't give them that. And I, and I think it's because their defense is opportunistic. Special teams obviously is good because they're uh, taking a lot of the hidden yardage. That is a stat, and I know it sounds like a nerdy stat, stood out to me as, oh, man, they're getting a lot of easy chances to score points. So, like short fields. Mm-hmm. Cowboys can't give them that. No. Especially with, no, your, with not, your rush defense. With your rush defense. Yeah, you need to make them march the length sometimes, of the field. Yeah, sometimes even when you line them up, they can take it to the house because Cook can get it and go. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a bad, bad look. It is a, yeah, I don't like the matchup. I don't like the matchup either. I don't I like the you. matchup. I don't like the matchup either. I think yep. the Cowboys can win. The, and the Cowboys are favored right now. I, I believe. Mean, the Cowboys are in favor. Probably this, the so Minnesota was Vikings are a home underdog. So was Texas. That Texas was favored. That's, that's fair. To a team that was ranked number four. And guess what? Their color is purple. And remember, that was historic. That was the first time yes. in over 40 years that a top five team was more than a six and a half point dog. And TC was a seven to a seven and a half point dog to a team outside the top 10. Right. First time in history. Right. And we all should have been like, yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but we was drinking that Kool-Aid. Yeah, we was drunk was off that Kool-Aid. Oh, man, the people, the people oh. got me drunk. I took it to I the head. I got a contact high by watching these hey. people in their happiness. I took it to the head. I ain't gonna lie, I drank that Kool-Aid. I allowed myself to drink the Kool-Aid before the TCU game. Turns out it was just flavor aid. Man. Damn it. Damn you, flavor Somebody aid. said they put salt in it instead of sugar. Because oh. you can't believe everything you see. Because oh, even man. salt looks Dang. like sugar. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> 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 Uh, but, yeah, we'll get into some more breakdown about the uh, the Cowboys and the Vikings, and we'll get into that coming up. All right, uh, Rod's rant of the day. Of course, we're talking Texas football. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. we got to try to make uh, figure out a way to make Quinn Ewers' life easier. Mm-hmm. They, Quinn Ewers is going to be the quarterback. We know that. He's the guy. Um, why is Sark's offense right now, he's a quarterback too, why does it seem so difficult No doubt. for Quinn Ewers? It, it should, it might, I, thought, I thought quarterback-friendly offense was the term. And Sark's offense don't look very quarterback-friendly right now. we got to talk about this. How do we make the offense more quarterback-friendly? Also, we'll hear from Sark uh, previewing the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I wanna- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, I'm going to get into... It just a uh, the conversation about Texas football and mostly about S- Coach Steven and the uh, quarterback position for Texas and you know how 
it's really interesting, guys. We were talking about this on Longhorn Blitz with my man Jeff Howard, Matt Butler, how Sark can watch his quarterback the last three weeks, right? watch him visibly frustrated, watch him visibly, you know, struggling, like literally drowning. <laughs> I mean, it looks like he just cannot figure things out, uncomfortable, not confident, and, and yet Sark even admitted openly that he's not really going to change his style. He's not going to change what he's doing. He's going to continue to take vertical shots downfield. And I think a lot of the mentality for Sark is actually happening. It's it's something that's materializing uh, at the expense of his quarterback's development. It's crazy to think. I mean, Sark believes that Quinn Ewers right now is still the Quinn Ewers that was in the first quarter versus Bama and versus Oklahoma. And every Longhorn fan watching can clearly see he's not that same Quinn Ewers. It's not. And he's actually kind of headed in a downward spiral. Sark believes like he's still the same guy. It's very strange for him to view Quinn that way when everybody else is viewing him as someone who's regressing. Right. And whether you are in the you should bench Quinn Ewers, uh, you know, whether you're in it, with that crowd or with you with the, hey, Sark needs to, you know, adapt the offense crowd. Um, I think we can all agree that Sark seems to be mishandling this thing at quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's very strange to me, too, because he's, he's a quarterback, but he's also a coach and a play caller. And he's a bit stubborn and arrogant about his offense. And in the last four games, Quinn Ewers completing less than 50% of his passes, and uh, more, uh, he's got four interceptions, seven touchdowns. Uh, last three games, completion percentage drops even more, and four touchdowns, only four interceptions. Seems like, you know, it, it, the more you break it down and isolate, it seems like he is indeed regressing. My idea for Sark would be a pretty simple one, and I know he won't do it. Even that was my suggestion to start off the season. Hell, I made a, I made a, a, a cute lyric about it, trying to make a parody of a Drake song. You did. Instead of jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man, jump man. Quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. Quick game. Just get the ball out of his hands quickly. That way his offensive line isn't burdened. And that way your young quarterback gets in a groove, gets in a rhythm. Get in the groove. All right? Take that small yes. game. Take that quick game. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams-Size, Cardi B-Size, Megan the Stallion-Size, Beyonce-Size. But is Sark's... Uh, basically his psyche as a play caller, his mentality, his philosophy overall, what I failed to realize was that he won't even take the quick game when they give it to him. He won't take it. He right. won't even, even if the teams are going to give it to him, he won't take it. Um, or he won't allow his quarterback to take it, or he won't encourage his quarterback to take it. I think the way that you get Quinn Ewers back in the groove, I'm going to go back to the starting point, uh, my suggestions for the season. You got to get your quick game going. I don't think Texas really has any quick game. And I think you know, you know, 60% of the NFL is quick game. 60% of the entire NFL passing game for every team is quick game. Mm-hmm. Quick game. Ball out, of the, ball out of the hands, quarterback within zero to three steps. That's it. Quick game, 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 quick game. Out. And for Texas, I, I don't even really see a lot of quick game. I'm not going to go back and try to figure out exactly how much quick games in the offense. It's not a lot. And Sark, that's intentional. That's deliberate. That is his ideology. He just—he's a big game hunter. Yep. He don't like small game. He. It, it, What'd listen, you say? It, he's not going pheasant hunting. No, he don't like pheasant. I like doves and yeah, quail. No, no. He, he can fill up his bag with tons of quail and dove and yep. pheasants and eat and be happy. Yep. All right, taking them 
three, four, five, six yards at a time, he don't want that. Mm-hmm. He wants big game. He's coming for the big game, man. That's what he wants. I'm with All you. right, 150, 200 pound game. That's what he wants. Was that to drag it away? <laughs> All right, drag the carcass off. That's what he wants. Yep. And I, I think it's coming back to haunt him, and I think it's hurting his quarterback too. I do think when you got a young quarterback with a young offensive line, ball out of his hands quick. Get the ball out of his hands and get it to a receiver in space quickly. And that not only gets, I mean, you go, you telling me sometimes this guy will go streaks with no completions. We, he's been starting like six or seven games. We've already seen him go like streaks. Yes. Talking yes. about entire drives without a completion at all. Yeah. And why is that? Is it because he's that inaccurate? No. He's not that inaccurate. He's, he's being forced to always look vertically down the field. 10 to 15 to 20 yards all the time. Slow developing plays down the field. Down the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you go see stretches because those are tougher completions. Those are lower uh, percentage yeah. throws for him. It's like right? the three-pointer. Yeah. Can we get back to the, the mid, can mid-range game here? Can we get back to uh, – can we get in the paint and get some higher percentage buckets for this young man? <laughs> yeah, get to the free throw line. Can we get to the free throw line? <laughs> yeah. Get him an easy completion? Yeah. Get a screen – makes that's a screen game. Yes. Get him something real easy and simple. Something we don't ever see. The degree of difficulty in his, difficulty in his offense for a quarterback is extremely high. Mm-hmm. And if he, was a, if, he, if he was achieving at a high level, yes, he's a prodigy. So let's increase the degree of difficulty. But Sark, sorry, Coach Steven, he's not. Coach Steven, he's drowning. And you have a life preserver and you're just going to watch him from the boat. Say, hey, keep it going. You're, going. you're doing great. You can be good. You're doing great. Yeah. He's like drowning. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're fine. Did he have a life jacket on? I thought he had a life jacket Coach on. Coach the only one who thinks he's fine. Yep. So my point is, why not make just make it easier for him? Get back to the quick game. Matter of fact, get get some quick game. You don't think you've ever had any, honestly, as a football theorist watching it. One of the things I love about Sark's off, Sark's offense, not Coach Stevens. I love this is what I love about Sark's offense. One of the things I love are targets to motion. It's a really simple concept. It's just uh, targeting a receiver who was in motion at the time of the snap or prior to the snap. Really simple, and we know that of all the conceptual signatures in Sark's offense, pre-snap motion is, think of a, like vital signs of a human being, right? You got your pulse and your, you know, your, you know whatever, you know, different things to try to figure out if it's a healthy person, whatever it may be. That basically, the pre-snap motion is the pulse of Sark's offense. Right. When you don't see a lot of it, mm, it's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good sign. You want to see more of it. Like that's it, it, it's a healthy sign of Sark's offense. And every now and then he'll target that guy that's in motion or that guy that shifts. And although you like, it seems pretty simplistic. It's simplistically brilliant. If you go look at the uh, completion percentage, because right now in the last four games your, your quarterback's completing less than fifty percent of his passes. So we got to get him easy completions. Right. Targets to motion are the easiest type of completion for your quarterback. Let me give you the completion percentage numbers for uh, targets to motion from uh, the quarterbacks from Sark the last few years. So what Sark does a really good job of, he does scheme guys open. And I went and looked at this season targets to motion, and (laughs) Sark's quarterbacks completing 83% of their uh, targets to motion so far this season. 83%. That's a big number. It's a huge number. That's a big number. You were like, oh, well, it's probably really short gains. 
mm, nearly 10 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. You target targets to motion. You got 50% first down rate, explosive play rate of nearly 30%. And if you go back even the last two years, take the last two years since Sark's been here in Texas, uh, targets to motion, 79% completion percentage, <laughs> 10.3 yards per attempt, mm. 44% first down touchdown rate. Easy completions. More like of those. It. I like it. More targets to motion. Like it. Not enough. All right. So eighty three percent. Yeah. Slow. I'm just trying. Eighty three percent. I'm trying to get the man completions. Yeah. All right. So let's targets to motion needs to increase. So you for get Steve Sarkeesian, huh? right? Um, his RP. He's actually really. He's actually good in RPO. Uh, the RPO game. Quinn is. It it seems to be natural for him because he's all you basically simplifying the reads. He's got one guy that he's reading, or he's counting the numbers in the box. It's a, it's a simpler read for him. Um, and I think for Sark with Quinn, he needs to up the RPO game. He did it in the second half versus TCU. Mm-hmm. A couple of those Jay Witt wide receiver screens, RPO game. It simplifies the read form, more RPO game. I would actually suggest, I know to some people it sounds counterintuitive, I would run a, a little bit more empty with him. He's getting more comfortable in it, and it cleans up his, his pre-snap reads. When you are an empty, um, defenders will not forsake coverage responsibility for pre-snap shell disguise. They will not do it. Their coach will dog custom on the sideline. If you're moving around, trying to disguise and confuse the quarterback when guys are in empty. No, empty, get to your damn coverage responsibility. Get to your landmark and get there now. Because you know the ball's coming out now. Mm-hmm. That's why it gets your, you get there now. So, And it also it speeds up his internal clock. He gets the ball. It, it's quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. All right, he gets the ball out of his hands, speeds up his internal clock, and cleans up his pre-snap read. That's why in the game versus TCU, they're pounding you, they're mashing you. Second half, four four from four uh, out of empty formation. Got, I mean, you got some chunky yardage plays down the field. Got some easy first downs, and it allows you to hide some of your best players and manipulate matchups. They they got two good corners, okay. Well, Jay Witt's in the slot. We can move X-Man inside. We can move Jay Witt. We can move uh, JT Sanders inside. We can should have, but they didn't. We can move Bijan <laughs> inside. All right. So, you know, man, more quick game. I know, and this is the opposite. This is the antithesis of Sark's mentality. And I know for him, it'll be a struggle to try to implement more quick game. But the reason it'll work is because defensive coordinators, they think they got you figured out, Steve. They think they got you figured out. They they know Steven. You're Steven, you're right. Coach Steven, yeah. you're a big game hunter, and you won't even take the small game. They're giving it to you now. They're giving it to you. They're covering everything deep. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of the three high three. You can make the argument that Sark is <clears throat> the reason that he struggles versus the three high safety look, the three high three down, is not a schematic matchup disadvantage. No. You could argue it's a philosophical ideological matchup disadvantage because Sark wants the big play and the three high three down takes it away. Takes it away. Mm-hmm. You have to go to more, you got to march into the field on this. It's taking that away and he can't stand it. It takes it away and everybody in the damn Big 12 not running that defense and now your offense is averaging 25 points per game. 25 points per game versus three high three down looks in the last two years when you usually average 34 points per game. So it, you got to figure that out. But I think, like I said, I don't think it's schematic. I don't think your, advantage, your disadvantage is schematic. I think it's you. 
I think it is your impatience and your inability to take what the defense is giving you and to just take the quick game. And I Because it's boring. It, it, for him, you know, it feels that's like. That's what I'm saying. It it's is. boring no, no, for it, him. No, no, it is. It, it, it feels, yeah. He feels like almost it's an insult. Right. Like it makes him less of, a, of an offensive juggernaut or an offensive uh, mind or, you know what I mean, yeah. that he would take, the, yeah. take what the defense is giving. No, no. I dictate what the defense is doing. I don't take what the defense is giving me. Uh-huh. I am the one who dictates the terms of this relationship. No, take giving you five yards, take it. And then you're, you're and then Jay Witt's gonna break the tackle and, and it's gonna be that five's gonna turn to ten. Then you get a first down. You're working harder when you should yeah. be working smarter. Yeah. And help your quarterback. Your quarterback obviously is uncomfortable in your system. I mean, how can he not see it? <laughs> yeah. That that's concerning. He doesn't see his quarterbacks not confident and uncomfortable in this system. You you are a quarterback mm-hmm. who doesn't have a quarterback friendly system. Your quarterback's on the sideline ready to cry. Yeah, he's, and it's because of your system. Yeah, more than anything. Was not happy. Was not happy the last on, game, man. And by the way, get somebody on the sideline to talk to your quarterback. You AJ Milwee's in the booth. Sark's too. <laughs> coach Stevens too busy on the sideline mm-hmm. with the responsibility of being head coach, which he should be. Your coach, your, your quarterback's got nobody. Who's he talking to? Yeah, that phone don't always work, man. Brendan Marion's handling with the with the wide receivers, Kyle Floods with the O line. Who's talking to him? Yep, I agree one hundred percent. Somebody to be down there, like put your, put, put your arm around him and go, "Hey, dude, you you good? You good? Okay, come on, let's, let's talk. Come on, let's break this down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You good? It's none of that. I'm, I'm with you. I love that PK came from the booth uh, this year and came down. You can look your players in the eye. Yep. And if your players are balling, no big deal. Stay up in the booth. But when the the fit hits the sand. You might need to look a man in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're so good at that. And have a conversation. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I know chaos is happening around us, but you good? What are you seeing? You what good? are you what seeing? What are you seeing, man? What, talk what, to me. Talk to me. Don't give a damn about them. No, saying about yeah. this. It's about us. What's, what's going on? Yeah. He ain't got none of that. Yep. I agree. If I you, agree. If it's about your quarterback, I got to tell you, if you're doing this for your quarterback, you're doing him a disservice. You're doing him a disservice. Yeah, and that's the one Make thing. Make it easier for him, man. That's the one thing as – as somebody that has been around the game as much as you have and the people I've been around and playing it, I don't understand where the the communication breakdown is. And I wish that I did. I wish there was more. I I wish we had access to the practices, right? (laughs) Not to go out there and and give up play calling and all that other stuff, to see exactly – what is going on? The windows that we used to get, we all we saw mm-hmm. was stretching in some drills. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see the reps. Yeah. And as a sideline reporter, you got a chance to see the reps because you were out there. Yeah. Now we're trying to, to we're making our own assumptions from things that we see every single week. You do the deep dive mm-hmm. into it. I'm using it as my game to game situation where I'm seeing adjustment and not. We talk about this at the very beginning every day. A sign of a well-coached team is week-to-week improvement. Amen, brother. Not half. Not half. Mm -mm. And we're not seeing that. And that, to me, is the most frustrating part, especially for people that really dive into the game. Yep. That dive into the game. Yep. And not just sit up there and criticize. Dive into it. And you watch it on film. We broke down film before. It is very disruptive to 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 understand what we're seeing and not seeing the improvements into it. Yeah, uh, I think that's more concerning. I'll end it because I know we're up against it. But um, 
literally the definition of insanity is doing the same thing Simple. over and over again and Simple. expecting different results. Yeah. That's it. And you, they, they asked Steve Sarkisian if he was going to change, and he told y'all basically, hell no, I'm not changing. I'm, no. I'm going to do the same thing I've no, been doing, no, no. and I'm, I'm going to expect different results. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Yeah. We'll come right back. We got off the record on the other side right, right here on Baldwin Line 1049. Don't lie, right here on 104 Down the Horn, top of the charts Tuesday. I mean, Harge, this is this kind of his jam. Oh, I don't yeah. want to reveal how old he is, but this uh, is kind, right of, there. <laughs> kind of his jam. I like that. <laughs> top of the charts Tuesday, always having some fun here. Thanks, to my man Patrick, doing the hard work for us so we can all enjoy top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, Specs text on wide open 512 337 3776. Let's talk really quickly for off the record before we got to get to the break here about a new venture. From Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, gentlemen. Love it. How about this? We know, of course, they were once rivals in the boxing world, uh, titans in their own sport, of course. But Mike once uh, notoriously, infamously, bit off a piece of Evander Holyfield's ear. Come on, man. Do you remember how surreal that was? Oof. That was crazy. It was the wildest thing I think I'd ever seen in sport. Uh, yeah, the good point. Have we seen anything wilder since no. some bit biting off the ear? We see some wild stuff. That the malice in the palace was wild. But that 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 was just throwing hands. <laughs> this man was a con- uh, what is it, carnivore or whatever? He was a it cannibal. Is. Yeah, he did. He like he like he was a he was a carnivore man. He, yeah. he bit that ear and just like he kept it moving. Yes. And I think the reason he said it is because he was being headbutted by Evander Holyfield. Yeah, that's what he kept saying. And I think it was like the second time because he bit the he bit the he bit him earlier in the fight, I believe, and then bit the ear off. The, the second time. Yeah. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, they're now uh, making, <laughs> they're going to make some money off that notorious, uh, infamous moment. Mike Tyson's Mike Bites Cannabis Gummies have been a hot seller in legal states. Uh, about six weeks ago, he relayed a vision to his business partner, Chad Bronston, uh, Bronstein, I believe it is, of bringing Evander Holyfield into the fold for the holidays. So it was a deal struck quickly, and they're calling it Holy Ears. <laughs> That's right. Holy ears, baby. Yeah. Um, so that's good. It's, it's basically gummies. They're going to be marijuana gummies. Uh, but based on that infamous e- incident where Mike Tyson bites off part of the ear of Holy of Evander Holyfield, they're calling this one Holy Ears. <laughs> and, and it's shaped like an ear, obviously. It sure is. There you go. Now, Boom. if you were to partake in this, how uncomfortable Ooh. would this make you feel Knowing that it is shaped into a man's ear. No, I'd be fine with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'd be cool with it. Because it's not, you know. It's, it's not real. It's not totally, yeah, it's not totally morbid. It's not morbid yeah. and that disgusting. It's not like a Jeffrey Dahmer thing or anything. It's like he's been a up. Great point with the Dahmer. <laughs> great reference. It, it's just, you know, Mike was, Mike was a borderline sociopath. Let's yeah. be honest. And Matt, I think Mike Tyson would admit that. And I've said it before. Mike Tyson, and I still believe it, is the greatest redemption story in the history of modern American sports. We've never seen anybody go to jail for sexual assault mm-hmm. and then come out and become a family-friendly figure in pop culture like where, Mike Tyson. Where everybody loves where him. Where everybody loves him. Literally, yeah. God admitted, like, I would not have, I would not give female reporters interviews unless I fornicate with them. That's a quote from him. 
Right. All right, in his days before he got saved, I guess I should say. Uh, uh, and now he's considered a family-friendly kind of figure in pop culture. Nobody's gone through that kind of transformation and transmogrification. Nobody. No, no. No, somebody said that's some Dahmer ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, but I think he is. He's a. Gr- I mean, he's a great redemption story. Nobody would have thought that Mike Tyson now would be a guy that people want to take kids with and put their take family photos with. You see Mike Tyson now. Tomorrow, take a family photo with him. Hey, Mike, you think put all my kids and my daughter and my family? Yeah, sure, Andy. Great. Remember, somebody tried to mess with him on the plane, and then he was about to knock the dude out. Exactly. And then he hugged him when he walked out. Exactly. They started kicking it. That's how much of a family-friendly figure in pop culture he's become. We forgot he's still one of the most feared human beings on the planet. Right. Oh, he's, da- he's dangerous. What? He's dangerous. He's dangerous. So I just went to the <laughs> website to check this out. Yeah. And it said, introducing the Holy Ears Collection, our first collection of limited edition flavors. <laughs> Get your bag of cherry pie punch while they last. Pre-order now. Begin shipping 11-23-22. Uh, <laughs> so they're not, even, they're not even ready to ship, but oh, he yeah. will start oh. shipping. Oh, yeah. He's got cherry pie punch, Mike Bites watermelon, Ooh. sour apple punch, Ooh. and black, black eye cherry. Oh, black black eye black eye berry. Excuse black me, black eye, eye berry. berry. Oh, black eye berry is clever. I like that. Yeah. I'm probably gonna go with the sour apple or yeah. the watermelon. Uh, that, that, when, yeah. Whenever I go to Washington, I'm able to partake uh, legally with the dispensaries. Uh, yeah, the watermelon the watermelon flavors are always off the chain, and so is the sour apple. Sour apple's always a good. It's always off the too. chain. Always yeah. good. Always good. Uh, there you go. Uh, a little Mike type. Mike but Tyson. if you want three, if you want free shipping, you got to order three bags. <laughs> No problem. Done. If, if I wasn't in Texas, that, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But we in Texas. Yeah, so, we uh, in Texas. Yeah. Until then, I don't know when that's going to come. Maybe 30, 40 years from now. Uh, all right. If Matthew McConaughey gets elected governor, it'll happen the <laughs> next damn day, I assure you. All right. We'll come right back. we got one more hour left. Uh, we come back and we'll talk some uh, Texas Longhorn football. Bad news for the Longhorns coming up in their uh, matchup versus the Jayhawks. We'll discuss it right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.